reading from Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita from the Madhya Lila, chapter 15, text 108. Translation. One does not have to undergo initiation or execute the activities required before initiation. One simply has to vibrate the holy name with his lips. Thus, even a man in the lowest class, Chandala, can be delivered. So I thought uh, <laughs> that that was maybe an appropriate verse on this occasion of an initiation ceremony. And I mean, the first question I could ask is this scriptural? Since I read here from the Chaitanya Charitamrita very clearly, one does not have to undergo initiation mm-hmm. or execute the activities required before initiation. One simply has to vibrate the whole name with his lips. Thus, even a man in the lowest class, Chandala, can be delivered. So, that's it then. <laughs> Party over. It seems like uh, any attempt to do anything would be against the scripture and that we cannot do. So, uh, now that everyone is hopefully utterly confused, I will carry on with the purport. In the purport, Srila Jiva Goswami explains Diksha in his Bhakti Sandarbha 283. Diksha is the process by which one can awaken his transcendental knowledge and vanquish all reactions caused by sinful activity. A person expert in the study of the revealed scriptures knows this process as diksha. The regulated principles of diksha are explained in the Hari Bhakti Vilas 2.3.4 and the Bhakti Sandarva. Two, eight, three, as stated. Even though born in a Brahmin family, one cannot engage in Vedic rituals without being initiated and having a sacred threat. Although born in a Brahmin family, one becomes a Brahmana only after initiation in the sacred threat ceremony. Unless one is initiated as a Brahmana, one cannot worship the holy name properly. According to the Vaishnava, so let's, let's look at that for a moment. Unless one is initiated as a Brahmana, one cannot worship the holy name properly. That is an important point, because the point was made, there is no need to take initiation. But then we see that now it's Jiva Goswami points out, unless one is initiated, one cannot worship the holy name properly. That is the difficulty. Yes, if if we were qualified to chant, if we were qualified to chant, we could simply chant and attain all perfection because the holy name does not depend on anything. 
it is stated that we receive the, the creeper of or the, the, the bhakti, not the beast, the seed of the creeper of bhakti. And that creeper then grows gradually throughout the whole universe, past the heavenly planets, through all the layers of the universe, and then finally coming out on the side of the spiritual world and eventually passing all the Vaikuntha planets and coming to the spiritual world to the lotus feet of the Supreme Lord. So it is described. And it is said that usually a creeper is growing on something, either a tree, a wall, or on some support. But this holy name is completely independent of any support. This creeper of bhakti just grows. And the creeper of bhakti is watered by sravanam, kirtana, jala, sechana. By the, it is especially watered by hearing and chanting. So, and still we're seeing that initiation is, is recommended. And there are many verses here. And I'll, because I was asked to stop at 8.20, which is, doesn't give us a lot of time, so I'll, I'll skip a little Sanskrit just for practical purposes. Unless one is initiated by a bona fide spiritual master, all his devotional activities are useless. A person who is not properly initiated can descend again into the animal species. So now we see that the importance of initiation is highlighted. Uh, uh, the Hari Bhakti further quotes. Again, Sanskrit skipped. It is the duty of every human being to surrender to a bona fide spiritual master, giving him everything, body, mind, and intelligence. One must take Vaishnava initiation from him. Then the Bhakti Sandarva 298 gives the following quotation from the Tattva Sagar, skip the Sanskrit. By chemical manipulation, bell metal is turned into gold when touched by mercury. Similarly, when a person is properly initiated, he can inquire the qualities of a Brahmana. <coughs> the qualities of the mode of goodness. Um, because otherwise, how can we maintain our chanting? Uh, otherwise, how can we find the motivation to chant? Um, that is the difficulty. Yes, chanting is the one thing um, that can deliver us. But Prabhupada's cartoon, um, or the, at least the cartoon which he had Xeroxed and sent around everywhere because that's how it was. Uh, where, where the lady says chant and the man says can't, can't. And that was Prabhupada's. Uh, he really liked that cartoon. Um, it sort of went to the crux of the issue. Somehow or other, the mind says can't. Some of our And of course, we may somehow or other uh, get accustomed to chanting 16 rounds, and that uh, is for many of us very difficult. Therefore, we need a process of purification, a process 
of regulating ourselves because for so long, for so long, we have whimsically followed all the pushings of the senses. Kamalinam kutida pulikaduni deisam deisam jatinam these senses are, are merciless. They have pushed us and pushed us and pushed us and driven us to try more things to be satisfied and still not satisfied until we became tired and frustrated and until we felt defeated. When we felt thoroughly defeated, actually, that's when we developed some interest in spiritual life. One is always defeated if one is not inquiring into the absolute truth. So, in this way, we are um, taking initiation um, so that we can create a proper uh, environment for chanting Hare Krishna, so that we can uh, get the proper uh, proper motivation. It is not easy to remain focused for a lifetime. So many things happen in a lifetime. Maybe you'll fall in love, and then what? Then the vows look different than they did before. Oh yes, they do. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe some calamity, uh, maybe some unforeseen, some unforeseen problem occurs, and suddenly, uh, health, total breakdown, and now what? Even to lift the finger can become hard. Uh, and then, still chanting, possible now. Uh, oh, really? What can we do? But the vow still stands. And even if an emergency would arise that it really would not be possible, then still, the vow still stands. And we return um, to, the, to, the, to the standard as soon as possible. Because that's what we do. We fix that standard in our life. That cannot go away. The vow once, once made will stay no matter what happens in this world. No matter what happens in our mind, no matter what happens in our senses, the vow will stay. It cannot go away. Cannot, once given, cannot be taken back from vow. I, I took that vow, and at that time, I was much younger. <laughs> no, I was. I was, actually. Yeah. I know, it's hard to believe that I could remember. <laughs> That's why you are laughing. <laughs> but I took that vow, and at that time, I was much younger. I was immature. I was, I was immature. And because I was immature, I was not able to properly estimate the actual responsibility involved with the vow. And then I took the vow immaturely, therefore I don't really feel that the vow I made was serious, because I didn't fully understand the depth, the meaning 
the weight of the vow. Now I do. And now I realize I'm totally not qualified to take such a vow. <laughs> Therefore, uh, what to do? Therefore, I, I put my brown thread in a box and I have, <laughs> uh, have not seen my Japanese for a while. I know it's somewhere in the house, but I wonder, actually, to be honest, I'm not quite sure where it is. <laughs> Um, no, Srila Prabhupada was uh, quite specific about you've given your word and that meant something. You've given your word and then somehow or other that word cannot be, be changed. One has to, to live it. That's very difficult for us who have no prior discipline, who have never really kept our word. Uh, uh, yes, yes, we promise, and then ten minutes later, you know, we break the promise, don't even think about it. This time, no. Even if we would do that, the promise will not let us. Uh, the, sometimes, I like to, uh, I use the example of the story of Krishna planting pearls, I think. Um, that story, it's very nice that by watering, in this case with milk, uh, the pearls grew, grew very nicely. So the vows are like that. They, it is not that it stops with taking the vows. Rather, one has to engage in activities that uh, will uh, support the vows and that will turn the vows into something very nice. So if we just live with four uh, prohibitions, right, then these are like four walls uh, and the four no's and I'm living in a, with four walls, four limitations and I cannot step beyond that. That's, and my mind doesn't like that. That's difficult. And then Every day, 16 rounds, which is, you know, uh, pretty much two hours focus chanting, and it's not so easy. Um, so much is going on. Um, so much to do. But, somehow or other, um, we will not only focus our mind on the vows, we will try and engage in activities which will nourish the vows. We need nourishment. Without spiritual nourishment, the vows will become a burden. Without hearing and chanting, oh, these vows are just, just actually painful. 16 painful rounds. <laughs> Four regulated principles. Ouch. <laughs> uh, this is, is. But by hearing and chanting, by developing an attraction to the all attractive Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is naturally attractive 
by this attraction, then we get the actual motivation, the actual desire to do it. That is very important. Therefore, um, hearing and chanting uh, are together. It is, although we are not vowing to hear, it is without, how can we, we chant? Um, without, how can we chant and not suffer? And not experience it as an austerity? It will become a burden. We must hear every day, extensively, <coughs> deeply studying the scripture. It is again and again the scripture, uh, the Srimad Bhagavatam, and particularly Bhagavad Gita, Nectar of Devotion, Chaitanya Charitamrita, Rita, these four main books, the Prabhupada's books, immediately lift us up every time. Every time, as soon as we are reading, purified. Purified. Immediately, up on a higher level, uh, at least considering it. Even if we're not there, we start to think about it, at least. Our thoughts. <laughs> from base level, which means direct connection with the senses, right? Uh, all thinking, feeling, and willing related to the senses. Uh, the joke about the old man, what are you thinking about sex at your age? I'm always thinking about sex my whole life. Um, yes, there is the train of thought. Um, and it goes from coach to coach. And what is the last coach? Each time it comes there again. Two lusty activities. All living beings in this material world are covered by this material delusion of itcha, of lusty desires and envy. And these two things will govern our, our desires, even if we are not, uh, even if we think it may not be so. Even if we have covered, even if we have covered these base, uh, these base elements of our nature with, with lots of culture, which provides us with a nice and civilized identity. And I'm a very cultured gentleman, and, uh, yes, and refined and uh, full of, uh, you know, uh, thinking of values and principles and these things that mean, they mean a lot to me. They can go out of the window any moment. Any moment. That little layer of veneer, right? It can be tested and will be tested. And Maya will find openings, find a crack, and suddenly all that external culture will be gone. But by attraction to Krishna. Attraction to Krishna comes from hearing about Krishna and comes from serving Krishna. Therefore, it can never be cheap. We have to engage in devotional service, not just a little but substantial, make an effort, make a real effort. The effort has to match, the strength of our effort has to match the strength of our lusty desires. 
and they are strong, then the servers also better be strong. Right? What do you want? I mean, you know, you have a strong disease and you think uh, a little uh, aspirin will do or something like that. Okay? I need something a little, uh, you, know, you know, the medicine has to match the disease. That is logical. That's very understandable. In this way, um, within the vows, there are two aspects. One aspect is the, uh, are the prohibitions, and the other aspect is the positive injunctions. So we're living with the two. We're living with boundaries, uh, restrictions in our life. And we're living with activities that provide us nourishment and inspiration. And the two have to be strongly present in our spiritual life. And we have to protect that. Uh, although Srila Prabhupada created a movement uh, where all the ingredients are very much available. Uh, we created a morning program and packed it with the five principle limbs of bhakti. Uh, the uh, <coughs> we <coughs> chanting of Hare Krishna, hearing Srimad Bhagavatam, serving the Vaishnavas, uh, residing in Mathura, uh, Vrindavan, in this case, the temple, and, and worshipping the deity. All these things are there. Uh, we always chant Jai Radha Madhava just to take us every day to the Holy Dhamma. So in this way, Prabhupada packed our program with all these things so that we can just automatically, automatically be nourished. But then, <clears throat> then many devotees, the majority of devotees are living at home. And at home that program is not there. And then it's just chanting Japa, and even those in the temple are busy. Uh, how much time for the program? And it was a late night, and how much energy could even go in the program? If you go, if you go to bed at 11:30 and you're in Mongolati, it's not the same as after a good night rest. You're there, but in a zombie state. <laughs> 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 so we must invest invest in quality hearing in going deep into the scripture so that we, we develop shastra sakshus that we begin to see everything through the scriptures and that we become nourished we must go to the holy dawn somehow or other, and roll in the dust, and pray and, uh, in holy places, and, and pray to great personalities. Uh, go to the places connected to the Goswamis and pray to them. And, all, and these prayers uh, will nourish us. And, in the, and we need to uh, serve the Vaishnavas in every possible way. The Dati Prati Grinati. Give, give them gifts, oh, give them 
give them valuable gifts um, in this way. We are, are starting a culture, a culture uh, of Krishna consciousness, not just some vows, and I will do it, and I shall do it, and I'm gonna do it, and I'm promising today. Very nice. <laughs> but how long? This sounds like a New Year's resolution. <laughs> it's not realistic. It's not based on, on inspiration. So how much is that? And, and, and all of us are neglectful in this regard. After the initiation, all of us neglect our spiritual nourishment. That is the thing. Somehow or other. Because there is just this psychological thing that no matter how special something is, and no matter how special the initiation is today, soon it will become routine. And when everything becomes routine, then, uh, then, uh, then, slowly things water down. Uh, the Bhagavatam collects dust and so on. And the dam, well, uh, not going this year. Uh, no time, too much money, uh, uh, too busy. Uh, too busy with what? Uh, you know. One time I saw Dhamma Jaya from the UK. Although he's not really from the UK, he's from Vrindavan because Prabhupada told him that he should stay in Vrindavan. I saw him one time, he came to Vrindavan and he just got out of the car, went to the Yamuna, got two bottles of Yamuna water jumped back into the car and went back to the airport to catch his plane. He just had a, uh, you know, a long stop in Delhi and he decided to just drive out to Vrindavan and get some water from the Amuna. That is, is the spirit of appreciating how precious even a moment is. So this remembrance we have to cultivate, we have to develop, so that it may grow. So let our hearing, let our service, um, all hearing about Krishna and our devotional service, let us bring that back to the chanting of the holy name and let our remembrance of Krishna increase. And let's again bring that back to the chanting of the holy name so that our chanting becomes deeply inspired. That is our prayer. And where we're falling short, let us pray to the feet of all the Vaishnavas and pray for their mercy. And try and very carefully avoid the ten offenses. Since I'm now about to end, I cannot explain the ten offenses today. I saw that as soon as I got the time schedule. 
So I said, all right. So, but we must follow, avoid these 10 offenses. And we should know them first of all, right? So we should memorize the 10 offenses if we, if we don't know, no problem. But we should memorize them and we should carefully try to avoid them. So these things don't get in the way and that they don't slow us down because such offenses, even if you get some taste, it will take the taste away. See, the Bhaktivinoda Thakur says one can become denoted by offenses and Uttama Adhikari can become Amadhyam. And he says Amadhyam can become a Nikanista. One can again come to weak faith by offenses. In this way, we must, must be But this initiation, and those are the last few words that are now stealing from overtime. <laughs> um, this initiation is a wonderful occasion. It is an occasion of great blessing. Um, many blessings will be there. Um, the deities are here. Prabhupada in his deity form is here, fully present. Krishna is fully blessed, present in his deity form, also fully present. And, and the Vaishnavas are here, and they all carry the blessings. They have all purchased Krishna's mercy by their service. Every Vaishnava has purchased the mercy of Krishna. So therefore, please bestow your mercy upon these devotees that are taking initiation today. Um, ask Krishna, um, please, let their vows be successful. That is your mission here today. Now, um, here in the Bhaktivedanta Manor, there is a good system where senior devotees are looking after after junior devotees because our spiritual masters are not many and are sp you know, spread all over the world like um, little butter on a big loaf. Uh, so therefore it is very nice that the senior Vaishnavas are taking care of, of the devotees. So the mentors are also here today of all the devotees that are to be initiated. That is to say, there are three devotees from, uh, from, from this yatra and one devotee from the French yatra, uh, uh, Varsha. And Bhaktin Varsha is originally from Mauritius but lives in Paris and also came here today. And, uh, and yeah, she is been devoted for a long time. So I'll turn it over and ask the mentors to speak some.